Flyers Daily with Jason Mertides. All right, here we go. It's a brand new Flyers Daily for Thursday, the 15th of December, as the Flyers will wrap up a four-game road trip that has not treated them particularly well coming up tonight in New Jersey against the Devils. And this is a big game for the Devils. They have now lost three straight, 0-2-1 in their last three games. They got a win after they beat the Flyers. They beat Chicago on December 6th, 3-0. They beat the Flyers on December 3rd, that Saturday night, 3-2. But since then, since that Chicago game, last Friday, they lost to the New York Islanders 6-4. Monday, they lost on the road against the Rangers in overtime 4-3. And on Tuesday, they lost at home against Dallas 4-1. So this Devils team, off to a great start this season. There are some question marks, however, about the Devils and if their play is sustainable. I imagine they may be a team that Tom Fitzgerald, the general manager, is going to want to boost up a little bit here by the deadline coming up on March 3rd. That's when the trade deadline is, Um, maybe even prior to that. So they're a team that has got some really good pieces and a lot of improved play and from young guys like Jack Hughes, who leads the way with 34 points, 15 goals, 19 assists in 29 games this season. Jesper Bratt, 10 goals, 20 assists, and 30 points in 29 games. Nico Heischer's got 29 points in 28 games, 13 of them goals. Dougie Hamilton's been a good acquisition for them on that blue line with 22 points, seven goals, and two power play goals. But they're a team that you might think is going to be in the market to really kind of take the next step, and they're going to need to get into the trade deadline market to do that. Can the goaltending hold up? Vitek Vanacek it has 12 wins, two losses, and two overtime losses, 2-3-9 goals against average, and a 9-12 save percentage. Akira Schmidt, who the Flyers saw in that game uh, a couple weeks ago at Wells Fargo, 9-39 save percentage. It's a ridiculous number. He's played in seven games. He's got a record of 5-2 and two and a 1-7-6 Goals against average and Mackenzie Blackwood, who has only appeared in seven games this season, four and two. Uh, but their team save percentage, 9-12. Team goals against average, 2.45, which, you know, that's a great combination for a team to be able to keep the puck out of the net at the rate that they do and also to be able to score the way that they do. The New Jersey Devils right now are a team third in the NHL, giving up the Third fewest amount of goals per game at 2.45. Now, the Flyers come into the game as a team that's the third worst in the league at putting the puck in the net. They're only scoring 2.40 goals per game. So if you're a betting man, you like the under, take the under. Um, The Devils also are a team that can put the puck in the net. We've talked about this when we previewed the last Flyers-Devils matchup. 3.59 goals per game. That's good enough for sixth in the NHL. And a team that doesn't get a ton done on the power play. Decent power play. It's not a world-beater power play that is really carrying them in their their goal scoring. 24th in the NHL on the power play at 20.2%. PK, 81.3%. Solid. Very good. 7th in the NHL on the PK. But they're also a team that does a really good job limiting shots and quality shots. That's kind of the the devil's way back in the Marty Brodeur years. Second fewest shots allowed per games played in the NHL, 26.7. Only Carolina gives up less at 26.2. But the weird thing is, as is with uh, Carolina, 
Carolina, the stingiest team at giving up shots and one of the top teams at generating them. And so are the New Jersey Devils. Carolina third, 34.8 shots, four per game. The Devils 34.7. It's a good recipe. I mean, you look at the teams at the top, Florida, Boston, Carolina, New Jersey, Calgary, uh, the top five teams generating shots. Then you have some anomalies in there, like the Ottawa Senators, who were in last place in the Atlantic Division. They they generate just about 34 shots a game, but they also give up 33 shots a game. So Flyers-Devils tonight in New Jersey. Flyers will look to get a win on this road trip and wrap it up with a possible four points of a possible eight. They have the two overtime losses and the loss, obviously, in the last game where you know they kept pushing again. Another game where they just keep pushing to the final horn, but they come up short three to two. We wondered about it on yesterday's episode. Does these kind of heartbreak defeats, and I know it's weird to say heartbreak defeats in the regular season when we're in mid-December, but you pour so much into a game and you work so hard just to come up a goal short. A goal short overtime in Vegas, a goal short overtime in Arizona, and a goal short against the Colorado Avalanche, who they beat a week and a half prior, 5-3. to Uh, But Colorado got that win the other night. So Flyers and Devils tonight. The prior game this season was the 3-2 Devils win. That was that game where the weird goal happened off the end boards. That was the second goal of the game for New Jersey. And then uh, Jack Hughes picked up the eventual game winner, the third goal for the Devils, spinning off the wall and uh, kind of going around a couple of Flyer defenders. And he's able to put it in the smallest of spaces up by the ear hole of Carter Hart. And that was the difference in the game. Flyers, Devils, tonight, we'll break that down tomorrow. Let's get to a couple messages from Flyers Twitter and uh, emails as well. You can always email me at jason.mertitis at gmail.com, J-A-S-O-N dot M-Y-R-T-E-T-U-S at gmail.com, or on Twitter at Jason Mert. And I got this one from, what's his actual Twitter name? Let me see here. It's His thing says, cover, cover the earth before it covers you, but it's at Tartan Soul is uh, DMs me and says the following. He says, it's obvious that the Flyers lack that high-end game-breaking talent, but it's also obvious that they are building a good base. Who would you like to add in the offseason with that skill? Who is legitimately a target that takes the Flyers to the next step? That's a good question. And there's a lot of things, like we talked about on yesterday's episode, that we have to gain knowledge about. I'm not there yet on my, as Brian Smith put it, my position of clarity on who's part of the future, who's not, who can be moved that maybe you don't deem as part of the future. What can you get in return? What kind of holes and needs does that open up? Those are all questions that we'll get answers to eventually. We'll get a lot of answers by the trade deadline on March 3rd, around the 60 game mark of the season. But we're not there quite yet. But if you're looking for free agents, I mean, obviously the trade market will be something that you can get involved in in season with trading guys away for assets, not really those hockey trades player for player. If a team's looking to add somebody for a playoff run, they really don't want to take a player off their roster to do so. So, you know, guys like JVR, or Justin Braun, uh, Zach McEwen, there's been some chatter about Zach McEwen and the Edmonton Oilers having some interest. Those guys would garner you draft picks or prospects, those, th- that kind of currency. They're not going to draw you 
the players that you're looking for, that high-end game-breaking talent. And game-breaking talent's not an easy thing to acquire because when you have it, it's not something you're looking to give up unless you really have you know, systemic issues or a player needs to change the scenery, whatever it might be. And there are players in that boat. I mean, Bo Horvat is a guy out in Vancouver. They're looking to make changes. He's in the final year of a deal. If you could extend him, I'd say, yeah, that's absolutely worth a conversation with the uh, president out there, Jim Rutherford, former uh, GM of the Pittsburgh Penguins. And we know he's a wheeler and dealer. Nobody makes more trades than Jim Rutherford. Or you look at a player like Brock Besser out there in Vancouver as well. That definitely needs a change of scenery. But if you want to look just kind of at the free agent market, what's available this offseason, as of this moment, guys that have not been extended. I mean, you have Kane, Patrick Kane, 34 years of age. He could be moved at the deadline. I could also see him extending in Chicago to try and topple all of Stan Mikita's records and and kind of be the guy at the top of that storied franchise's stat book. Taves is also out there, but you're looking at players right there that are 34 and 35 years old. Ryan O'Reilly's an interesting one. He's 32 right now. Uh, he's making, I think, $7.5 million, uh, with the St. Louis Blues. But do you want to add a 33-year-old center where this team is right now and where they're going? Probably not. Vlad Tarasenko, guy that's been talked about with the Flyers for years and years, he's 31 now. Probably not the route that you're going to go. Max Pacioretty, 34. I mean, if you want to get into the creme de la creme, obviously David Pasternak's out there, but is Boston really going to let a 27-year-old right winger walk who is well over a point-per-game player, one of the best scorers in the league and players? Probably not. The fact that he's playing out this last year of his deal and doesn't have a new deal is interesting and leads you to believe that maybe anything is possible but we'll see where that goes. Uh, so Pasternak would be the guy at the top of everyone's list. Another guy that I really like and depends on what Steve Eiserman's going to do out there in Detroit is Dylan Larkin, 26-year-old center, 28 games played this year. He's got 27 points, 10 goals, 17 assists. Obviously, great speed helps you in that regard. That's a guy absolutely worth looking at. You know, a guy like Alex Dabrinkit, who has not extended in Ottawa, uh, was traded for with one year left on his contract on that restricted free agent. Uh, He'll still be a restricted free agent, but he's a player maybe that you can pry away that is a 40-goal scorer. I wasn't in favor of it last year because he could walk for nothing, so I didn't like giving up some currency, some assets to get him if he could walk for nothing, but he's a player I would be interested in if the circumstance is right. You can look at Pierre-Luc Dubois, who's out in Winnipeg, probably not going to be coming here, played for Torts in Columbus, and we know how it ended, Pierre-Luc Dubois has had nothing but great things to say about playing for John Tortorella. And the way it ended with him being traded to Winnipeg for Patrick Laine. But he's a 25-year-old, big-bodied center, 14 goals, 16 assists, 30 points in 28 games this year. Took him a little while to adjust to the NHL game. He's a guy that I I would look at, absolutely. Bo Horvat, who I mentioned, 28-year-old center cousin, I believe, or second cousin of Travis Konechny, 28 games this year, 20 goals, 9 assists, 29 points. Now, he is careering it. That's not normal numbers for him. He's careering it at the right time. Uh, You could look at a guy like, you know, some of the younger guys, too, that are out there, or Tyler Bertuzzi, not younger guy. He's 28. Another guy with Detroit, good player, not having the greatest of years. 
Only played nine games, has a goal and three assists for four points, but he's an interesting guy that may be out there and available. If you're looking for D, you can look at, depends on what level of D you want. If you're looking for lefty, a guy like Clefbaum, or if you want to go higher up on the, you know, the, the pedigree list and you want to go after a guy like John Klingberg, who's 30, he's a right shot guy, but I don't know that I'd want to go there with Klingberg. I think it's going to cost you too much money. I think he misjudged the market last year, signed a one-year $7 million deal. So there's guys that are going to be available, and there's going to be other guys that shake loose as teams look to make changes, especially if the cap goes up. It looks like the cap's going to go up at least a million dollars. And if the players defer some of the escrow payback, it could go up maybe up to $4 million more. We'll see. Flyers are going to get some cap space, likely LTIR with Ryan Ellis. Obviously, James Van Riemsdyk and his $7 million contract will come off the books. So they will have cap space. Uh, how they put put that cap space to work, is it on most of it on one big player, on one player that brings you high-end skill if you can find that player and get a deal done that makes sense? You could see that. You could see it also spread across a couple of players. It all depends on the position of clarity that we gain. What are they going to need? Who are the guys that John Tortorella wants to move forward with? Those are the big questions. Uh, when it comes to this offseason. Let's get to one more message. Uh, this came a DM as well from Kevin Ober. He said, uh, Jason, I like the Nasty Knuckles pod that I was on. A great, great listen along with your Flyers Daily. Appreciate that. He said, but I'm really liking Hart's play this year. The Vegas game, I thought, the Flyers played a great game, got a lucky goal, and Vegas got a lucky goal along the way. Just wish we could score more goals, but that will be an offseason addition, hopefully. Just wanted to put my two cents in, just hoping next season we can be in more games and have more firepower, like how the Avs can just send out their big boys. Have a great holiday season. Merry Christmas. Same to you, uh, Kevin. Appreciate the note as well. Um, I think the Flyers have been in games. I don't think it's a question of that they haven't been in games or they haven't been worth watching till the end. They've played a lot of really tight games with an inferior lineup that has trouble scoring. And why are they able to get these games all the way down to the wire. It's resilience. It's a, a standard of accountability that John Tortorella has brought to the table. And like the other night, even though they had a, a really ugly second period of that game, came back in the third, outshot Colorado 15-6, to six, got within a goal, ultimately fell short. I, I think the team's been in games, but when you have trouble scoring more than two goals, it's going to be tough to win games. Being in it is one thing. Being able to win it is another. I said this the other day. If they're going to win games, you're going to look at the games that they win. You're going to go, they made very few mistakes or they had very few lapses in play. And when they did have a lapse in play or lost momentum, they didn't get penalized for it substantially. And power play's got to kick in some goals. When you're having trouble scoring five on five, you need that power play to kick in a goal here and there. They had a game recently where they had two power play goals. I think it was the the Colorado game, as a matter of fact. They haven't had a, a game with two power play goals, I think, all season until that one. Power play is going to have to be a factor. And we'll see when they get Cam Atkinson back. He'll help in that regard, five on five and on the, the power play. Also help you killing penalties. Cam Atkinson does a little bit of everything. I can't wait to get him into the lineup. You know, he's a guy that stumped hard for torts. But unfortunately, 
in this iteration of Cam Atkinson and John Tortorelli hasn't got to play for him yet this year. And I know it's really frustrating Cam Atkinson, and he's cleared, and he's trying to get his game in order to get back out there and, and help the team. I can't wait for him to come back. I'm looking for I'm looking for forward to Couturier coming back, too. I don't like to wish the season away. I like the 82 and the this process of gaining knowledge and going through the ups and downs of the season. I prefer a season with more ups, but, um, you know, they're a team that, yeah, they need more high-end skill to be able to finish. They need to not have to work so hard every time to score a goal. Sometimes you got to be able to go out, have a shift, and just jump over the boards, make something magical happen, some great passing, great execution, and boom, the puck's in the back of the net. But this team, that's not their recipe right now. They don't have the requisite skill set to go out and do that to an opponent. Will they get it? We'll see. We'll find that out in time. All right, Flyers and Devils tonight in New Jersey. Last game of a four-game road trip. Flyers will return home to take on the Rangers coming up on Saturday night. But we got Flyers-Devils tonight. We'll break it down tomorrow on a Friday edition of Flyers Daily.